This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another World of UX podcast. This is your host, Darren Hood. Thanks for joining me on today. And as always, welcome to those of you who are listening for the very first time. We have been having an absolute ball. We've been enjoying sharing information with you about the discipline of user experience. We have been enjoying providing lots of information, tips, guidelines, and and we just we just enjoy it. I I, I love the discipline of user experience. I love, as I like to call it, talk and chop. I love sharing. I love building people up. I love giving people direction and helping them to to grow, to to mature, to achieve success. I have been doing things like this all of my life in conjunction with a lot of different topics. It just so turns out that this is my domain today, the world of user experience, where I've been working full-time in user experience for roughly the last 16 years, and I have been operating in what we now know as user experience since 1995. I designed my first website in 95. I was doing things that we now relate to user experience and not knowing that I was doing things that was related to user experience. So I went back, I reassessed myself, and I said, you know what? You know, I have been doing it this long, and I did do what we now know as usability testing. I didn't call it that. I was working on information architecture. I didn't call it that. I learned that that's what it was a few years later. But we want to give ourselves credit uh, for what we have done today. And, and as we wrap up the series today on, so you want to be a UXer? And we're talking about different things associated with the UX discipline, different tasks, different deliverables, different methods and methodologies, mindsets. And today we want to talk about transition, which is why I'm starting off. So we're talking about my story again a little bit. We want to spend this entire episode helping people who are looking to get into UX, but are coming from another discipline. We want to give you a good, solid representation, a good frame of mind. We want to help you to understand you want to be a UXer and you're coming from another discipline, congrats, (laughs) fantastic. Uh, And so we want to give you some perspectives to help you along with that. Getting back into my story, again, I start designing websites in 95. I was also an instructional designer. So as many, I actually transitioned into the UX world. So I'm going to share some things that I've seen myself uh, from from my own personal perspective, I like to share some things that other people have told me about. I'd love to have some people on and I'm planning now to have other people on and they can talk about how they transition into UX. So I, I want to encourage you. Uh, I've had just this past week, I had people reach out to me. One person was a business analyst and they want to get into UX. Another person was an architect and they want to get into UX. Someone else may have been a graphic designer or a developer and they want to get into UX. You can transition into UX from practically any field. Just keep one thing in mind. Go back. If you haven't done so already, 
take some time to listen to the first two or three episodes of this particular series because it's not so much about where you're coming from. It's more about what you're bringing to the table from a personality and a passion perspective. And so when you have the personality and the passion that matches the types of things you're going to be doing in user experience, then you could be coming, you could have been a circus clown. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. As long as you have those ingredients, you will have no problem transitioning in. Will it be a long timeline or a short timeline? We, we don't know, but that's not, that's not important. And a lot of people are, they want to get into UX today, but they don't have the patience. So again, whether you were a graphic designer, whether you were a developer, whether you were an architect, whether you were a business analyst, whether you were a quality analyst, whether you were a, a, a project manager, it really doesn't matter. Do you have the personality chops? Are you really a match? Because as said before, a lot of people are getting into UX for the wrong reasons. So it's not about where you're coming from. It's about what you bring to the table. Now, that said, one of the things when I look back, uh, getting back to my story again, I was an instructional designer and a lot of you know those as trainers, but an instructional designer is not just a trainer. An instructional designer is a person who is involved in designing, structuring the learning experience from a scientific perspective. So, so it was a science. We didn't just take things and, and mash them up together and boom, out comes the course. We would very methodically performing a task analysis or needs analysis and things of that nature. We would do those things and then we would put the course together. I would go out, I would test it. I would do all types of things, a lot of the same types of things that we're doing in, in UX today. And so I'm, a, I'm, I'm working as an instructional designer. I'm trying to assess my future. And do I really want to, I was about to actually go to Boise State and pursue a, a master's in education at Boise State before I made this change. And I was doing work for OnStar when I made this discovery. I took a very close look at myself and I encourage you, if you want to transition into UX, it's gonna be very, very critical that you take a look at the type of work that you're doing now Take a look, I've been talking about the types of work that we do as user experience professionals. Look at the type of work that you would be doing as a UX uh, professional and begin to examine and identify parallels between the two. See, as an instructional designer, task analysis, that, that aspect of the job transitioned very well into UX. Performing or conducting a needs analysis transitioned very well into UX. Both of those aspects of the instructional design discipline were very, very user or customer centered, which is what being a UX professional is all about anyway. So I saw those types of parallels. I began to look at the, the, the testing that I would conduct on my computer-based training and my web-based training. I, I didn't want to just roll something out and assume it was going to work, I would actually go and conduct tests to make sure that the way that I structured the tasks, that they were appropriate. I wanted to make sure that everything was practical. I wanted to make sure that people were going to, once they partook of the course, of the concepts that were presented in this, in this learning material, 
I wanted to make sure that it was going to help them to build confidence, skill, knowledge, acumen. Is, is it really going to do that or am I making assumptions? So this is very, very important. So that is transitions very well into UX because it's akin to what we would do in different types of research, whether it is usability testing, whether it is A-B testing, multivariate testing, to make sure that we have structured the courses in a way so that people will go through from a linear perspective or will they branch? Do we need to make both available? Is it, which, is it better to, to offer both or better to just offer one? Well, the research would help us confirm that we could roll out the, the training in the right way. And Doing all of these things, as an instructional designer, I achieved a tremendous amount of success, uh, and to the extent that I ended up being on the advisory board for a a product that many of you may be aware of today, it's called Captivate, uh, and I was on the advisory board when that product was, when, when Adobe and Macromedia were were just competitors. They didn't merge, they were two separate entities at the time, and I'm basically still in that application today. But the thing is, one got to the point where not only was I designing the instructional design, but I started transitioning in even before I was doing UX, trying to make sure that that the application was going to allow people such as myself. I understood what what those people's needs were. I knew what their mental models were. Is it getting involved in mental models before I knew that it was mental models? making sure that this application is going to meet the exact needs of the target user audience and then proving it, validating things. That type of mentality lent itself to being a user experience professional. So I looked at all these different things and, and, and as I, I began to see the parallels, at the time information architecture was what I was, that was the kind of job that I was gonna enter into the, the UX world officially into as a full-timer, as I began to look at those things, I'm going, you know what? I know I'm thinking about doing this, this master's in education, but I really, really enjoy what I'm doing over here when it comes to information architecture. I was already serving at the same time. I was doing freelance web design, that one site that I designed in 1995 and volunteering to do some work for a, for a nonprofit organization. It just exploded. And I helped to overhaul a website for a newspaper in the Thumb area in Michigan and just took the usability and the user experience on that site to completely new heights. I completely redid all the information architecture. I completely redesigned the logo. At the time, I was doing some graphic work when I was there too. So not only did I transition in to UX from a, from a, instructional design perspective, but also from a graphic perspective. I used to be a logo designer. I used to, uh, when I was a freelance designer, I was also functioning as a creative director because I was doing all of that work. And and you're gonna see how all this comes together here shortly. But I took a look, a very honest look at who I was. I humbled myself and looked at what it took how, how do I align, I ask myself, how do I align with the types of work that people will be doing, that I would be doing as an information architect? I keep saying user experience professional because that's what we are now and that's where you guys all are all now. 
and say, you know what? I enjoy what I do, what I'm doing when I am doing my freelance work. I enjoy the little bit of doing, I was doing some information architecture work for OnStar on top of my instructional design work. I really enjoy that. I mean, I really, 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 you know when you have a passion for something and something really just lights a fire under you. And as much as I enjoyed instructional design, I really felt that I was was more engaged mentally and would gain more of an intrinsic uh, satisfaction if I went in that direction. So I began to apply for jobs. I rebranded myself because I had already tried to get one information architecture job and I completely fell on my face. We'll be talking about interviewing and things like that in the not too distant future. And, but I, I went back and I, I saw what I thought I needed to do to make things work and to sell myself and to qualify myself. And I went after one more job right after that, the very first job that I applied for, I actually got it. And I came in there, I showed them my work. Not only did I show them my work, and this is something else that you're gonna have to learn to do eventually, you're gonna have to sell yourself. And, and that's one thing I don't think we talked about. If you're going to be in UX, sales, is a part of UX and a lot of people do not bring that up. You're gonna have to sell your recommendations. You're gonna have to sell yourself. When you are in the process of applying for positions, you're going to have to sell the, the, the proposed value that you would bring if you become a member of that team. You're going to have to sell the hiring manager and the people that are interviewing you. So you might as well start getting good at it now. And then when you get in there, then you're gonna have to sell stakeholders on your recommendations. Nobody has to listen to you or take you at face value, which is another reason why I mentioned on another episode that in order to succeed in user experience, you must have thick skin. So I looked at what I brought to the table. I looked at what it was that I would be doing. I took a very realistic approach. I aligned myself. I, I prepared to present myself. I sold myself and I got the job. I transitioned. I made an official transition from a formal and an interaction or instructional, sorry, instructional design professional, which is what I was full-time. I was doing freelance in the evenings. I was doing that on my time. And I had quite a few clients <laughs> also by the time I made that transition that gave me a portfolio to be able to go into that job and, and present and was able to walk people through the process. That's something else people are not good at. And a lot of people, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I really made a proper transition. When I, and when I say today, and you know, that some people, what do you mean you have 25 years of experience? I used to work with you. Yeah, and I didn't know that I had that experience back then. And I'm not gonna lie, you couldn't pay me to lie. The, but a lot of people today do. A lot of people misrepresent who they are. They want to transition into UX so bad that they are willing to misrepresent who they are. I'm here to challenge you and tell you today, do not misrepresent who you are. If you are entry level and you're trying to break into the field, so to speak, show somebody what you really have. Let somebody know that you're just getting started. Somebody will say, well, but that's going to make it hard for me to get a job. It's going to be challenging anyway. 
So, but the last thing you want to do is misrepresent who you are and get a job under false pretenses. A lot of people are doing it. I'm just challenging challenging you today. Don't follow their motif. Don't follow that approach. It is going to catch up with you. It is going to bite you and you're going to suffer for it. Your team is going to suffer for it. Your customers are going to suffer for it. The users are going to suffer for it. So you want to be honest. Don't be afraid to be honest. Present who you are. Hey, I'm going after my first gig. This is what I've learned about UX. And one of the other things that I've got to tell you about really part of the reason I shared my story is that I was able to go back and not just look at and present what I did as a freelance web designer. I was able to go back, look at the previous work. You're a graphic designer. You're a, you're a developer. You, you're a project manager. You're a QA person. Uh, you, you're whatever it is. You're a BA. And there are some elements of UX that may, very well may be something that you are doing in your current position as you're prepping to transition. Identify those things, put them in your portfolio. You'd be surprised. And that's why you gotta know, and I tell people all the time, when you're getting into UX, it is critical that you understand what UX truly is. And when you understand what UX truly is, and I've been talking about it on the podcast, so that should help you identify some things if you're trying to transition. Identify things that are truly related to UX that you have been doing. You may have been doing some things that you are not, uh, we're not aware of. Now don't, don't go and sell yourself as having three more years of experience and you don't. Let somebody know your entry level. I was doing user experience during that time. So that's why I claim it. If you were not, do not. And that way you can be honest in your presentation and people will respect you for saying, I'm just getting started. This is what I've done so far, but I'd like to build on this. I'd like to grow. I really like this discipline. I really enjoy it. And I believe I can bring value to your organization. Find out what you did that paralleled. If there's anything you did as a project ma project manager, identify it. Take a look at it. Bounce it off of another real UX professional so they can let you know what you should and shouldn't do, how you should and shouldn't market yourself. But identify it because you would be surprised how many things you may have done. If I had not done that, I never would have considered the fact that I designed, there's a company called Fiserv, F-I-S-E-R-V, and this company, the division I work with, designed software applications for credit unions to manage their business. And I designed training for that organization that was so successful that they, they actually was, were able to stop sending salespeople who were previously going out and training people to use the software. The training was that good. I'm not boasting, I'm telling, I'm giving you a fact. They stopped, we saved somewhere 50,000 a year plus that the company did not have to spend on travel to send people out. Huge impact, I was able to cite the impact, but also the parallel that I'm trying to bring up is that I never, until I went back and looked at it, I really didn't consider the fact that I was conducting the equivalent of usability testing to validate designs. You better believe I'm gonna take credit for that. And I was doing a lot of things. I was running a web design business at that same company. It was my idea. We started it off 
and I design approximately 23 websites for credit unions around the country. This is before I was a full-time UX uh, UX professional. I was the the internet and internet manager for that company, for that division of the company, and I was taking care of all this other web work. But I was working on the information architecture. I was doing I was doing all of the A/B testing. Uh, I was doing everything. I was doing the equivalent of of card sorting and tree testing to make sure that the information architecture was correct, but I didn't know that's what it was called. So yeah, I'm going to take credit for it because I did it. But if you didn't take the credit for it, please don't do that today because I'm telling you, if somebody like me is back there evaluating the resumes or participating in the interviews, I'm going to spot you like that because I've seen as a former manager a UX manager at another company and and going through the stacks of resumes, I can spot those people when they're doing that in, in, in a heartbeat. And and even to this day, uh, not doing it in my current job, but my last one, I definitely did. And people were always trying to come in and falsify who they were from a UX perspective. So if you want to transition, that's the one big warning I have. Don't falsify anything. Find out if there's ways you, you may say, well, I don't have enough to put in my portfolio. You'd be surprised what kind of little pro bono things that you can do or, or maybe even help with someone. There are ways to get some work done. And one of the things I've even recommended people do sometime is uh, I've had people go and pick a website, take a page or two, and then perform a heuristic analysis on that site as best you can with the knowledge you have based on your own personal heuristic repository and then put together a small bit of work that shows what your findings were and then what your recommendations would be and how your recommendations would look if they were implemented and put it in your portfolio. These are the types of things that you can do as an entry-level person that can help someone to see what it is that you are bringing to the table as a UX professional, instead of just sitting there and saying, I want to be in UX and you you have nothing to show that gives that person a reason to hire you. Will it be a challenge to get that first UX gig? It very well can be. And for many it is, and I hear the stories all the time, but you do not want to operate with a sense of entitlement because frankly, it's no different for you going into UX as it is for anybody else going into any other field. Nobody owes you anything. They don't owe me anything. So let's go and do the same thing we would do if we were going into any other discipline. Let's labor. Let's let's build our skill, our knowledge, our acumen. Let's make ourselves attractive to the hiring manager. Let's put ourselves in a position to bring value. That's one of the things that's missing today, especially with these entitled people who feel, I went to a boot camp, you should hire me. I don't have to hire you because you went to a boot camp. Matter of fact, it's becoming increasingly common that people will not hire you if you went to a boot camp. There are a lot of hiring managers who are on record as saying, uh, I recognize that portfolio from a boot camp. I'm not talking to that person. So nobody's talking about that uh, uh, in certain circles, but in the circles where it really matters, it is being discussed. So you want to make sure, present yourself in a solid way, 
You want to make sure that you're asking the right questions. Don't forget, when you get interviewed, you're not the only person being interviewed. Uh, they're being interviewed by you as well. Have your questions together. Do your research. Does this all sound familiar? This is the same stuff that you do no matter what job you're going after. So if you're transitioning into UX today, as we begin to wrap up, you're transitioning into UX, make sure to do the work the right way. Make the transition. Fine. Go for it. But have a, have a sound mind. Be realistic. Make yourself valuable. Learn how to sell yourself and go for it. And I wish you all the best. We're not trying to stop anybody like a lot of people say from getting into UX. We just want you to do it right. Got it? Good. All right, folks, that is the end of the series. So you want to be a UXer? Make sure to take all these things into consideration and they will help you go from point A to point Z in the proper manner. All right, folks, until next time, this is Darren Hood, the host of the world of UX. Happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.